morning and welcome to, to our worship service this morning. Welcome to everybody, whether you're here in the building, whether you're on Zoom. Um, thank you for coming along here uh, on this hot day, not as hot as it was last week, but uh, it's still quite hot. So yeah, I can see some agreements out there. <laughs> so welcome to everybody. We've come along, um, I hope, to, to worship our God and to hear from him this morning. To, to give him our offering of, of praise and worship and adoration, but also to hear what he has to say to us this morning. And we're going to be hearing later from Tony about wisdom through the spirit. Um, I haven't been given any notices to, to give out, so um, without further ado, um, I invite you to come and worship our God in song this morning. So thank you. Let's stand and sing. to praise joining together to honor your name Jesus is Lord we will sing over everything everyone's coming to praise showing the world it is Jesus who reigns he is the light and the way over everything so The beauty of 
you stand in awe of you. And Holy Spirit, would you draw from us now our praises, our songs, scriptures to bring before our God as we stand in awe. conform to the image of Jesus. It is God who justifies, and if God is for us, who can stand against us? Jesus was in the world, and the world was made through him, but the world knew him not. The gospel was spread by the revelation of Jesus through the Spirit, and all those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. The wisdom of God is passed on to his sons by his Spirit and received by the Spirit of his believers. Amen. Our God is an awesome God, he reigns from heaven above, in wisdom, power and love, our God is an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God, he reigns from heaven above, in wisdom, power and love, our God is an awesome God. Amen. Well, as I said at the beginning, um, the, the top topic, the, the subject for this morning is wisdom through the spirit. And that got me thinking, well, how would I define wisdom? What does wisdom mean? What does it mean to be wise? So I just wondered if we've got any suggestions from you or from on Zoom, what, what's wisdom? What does it mean to be wise? 
Anybody? Sensible. Mm -hmm. Good judgment. Yeah, have good judgment. Any other suggestions? Reading a situation well, yeah. These are all part of, of being wise, of, of wisdom. Knowledge. Knowledge, yeah, that's certainly part of it too. Yeah, it's more than, it's, it's all of these things and more, isn't it? So it's not just knowledge, because we can have knowledge, but not use it very wisely. Um, we can know lots of facts. We can know that, I don't know, the Battle of Hastings was in 1066, or, uh, you know, lots of things we can know, um, but they're not necessarily part of, of wisdom. So, yeah, wisdom is, is taking what we know, what we've experienced, what we've learned about life, and actually using it, and using it to make good decisions. Um, yeah, so it's all of that is wisdom, being wise. And that, of course, um, set me thinking about somebody from the Bible who was well known from his, for his wisdom, and that's King Solomon. And Solomon, of course, was the son of King David, and he became king himself. And he was quite a young man. Um, I think he was possibly only just out of his teens, early 20s, when he became king. And when he became king, God said to him in a dream, what would you like me to give you? I'll give you whatever you want. What would you like? Um, so what sort of things could he have asked for? Wealth, yeah, he could have asked for lots of money. I think a lot of people would have done that. Long life, yes, he could have asked to, to live long and, and, and be king for a long, long time. But of course, he didn't ask for these things, did he? He said to God, well, look, I'm only young. You've made me king. I don't know how to be a good king. And you have given me so many people to look after as their king. And I just don't know how to do it. And so what I'm going to ask you for is the right heart to be a good king, to do the right thing, to know the difference between right and wrong, and to look after these people that you've given me. And God was very pleased with that. And he said, yes, I'll give you that. I'll give you that wisdom, um, that ability to choose between right and wrong. But because you've asked for that, and you haven't asked for all these other things, like lots of money and, and long life, I'll give you those as well. You didn't ask for them, but I'll give you them as, as an added extra, because you've made the right choice of what to ask for. And shortly after that, there was a story in the Bible, which I, I know a lot of you will know already, about two women, and they lived in the same house, and one of them had a baby. And a few days later, the other one had a baby too. And then sadly, one of the babies died in the night. And when the mother of that baby died, uh, woke up and discovered her baby had died, she swapped the babies. So she took the living baby that belonged to the other mother and swapped her dead baby. And of course, when the, mother, the other mother woke up and realized that there was a dead baby next to her, she, looked, she thought at first, my baby has died. And then she looked at the baby and thought, that isn't my baby. And of course, they were arguing about it. And they went before King Solomon and gave their, their stories. And each of them said, this baby is mine. It's her baby who has died. Now, that seems a very, very difficult situation. But of course, Solomon had already asked for God's wisdom and what Solomon said was, bring me a sword. You might think that's an odd thing to ask for. And then he announced that he was going to cut the baby in half and give half to one mum and half to the other. Now, if you don't know the end of the story, you might well be thinking, he was a good king? You think that was the right thing to do? But of course, Solomon was listening to God and he knew what would happen. Because what happened then was that the real mother, the mother of the baby who was still alive, said, please, please don't kill the baby. Give him to the other mother. And the mother whose baby had died said, yeah, that's a good solution. 
cut the baby in half, and then neither of us will have a baby. That's, that's fair. And of course, Solomon took the baby and gave him to his real mother because he knew that only the real mother would give up her child rather than see him killed. She was willing to give him up to save his life, whereas the other mother didn't care. She didn't care if the baby died. She just wanted them, neither of them, to have a baby. And so that was the wisdom of, of God. And it's not just for those times in the, the Old Testament, it's not just for kings, it's for all of us. Um, because it tells us in the New Testament that if we don't feel we're wise, if we don't feel we've got wisdom, we just need to ask God. And I think Solomon, um, and for all of us, three steps, if you like. The first one was to realize, to understand that he didn't have enough wisdom to do things on his own. And the second step was to realize that the only wisdom that matters is God's wisdom, because God is perfect. God never gets anything wrong. God is always there for us. Unlike humans, we might know wise people whose advice we can ask for, but they, they make mistakes. They won't be there all the time, but God is. And then the third thing that Solomon did and that we're told um, in the New Testament is to ask God for that wisdom because we know that God, well, I hope we know, that God wants to give us good things and he wants us to be wise. He wants to help us make good choices. So that's uh, just a little, little story from the Old Testament about wisdom. We'll be hearing about wisdom a bit later on. Um, so can we take up the offering now, please? Father God, just the gifts that you give us, the gifts that you pour out on us are, are endless. And there's so much. And we're thinking today about the gift of wisdom, your wisdom to help us make right choices. And Lord, I pray for, for wisdom, for those who are responsible for, for using the gifts, the, the monetary gifts that come into this church. Would you give them the wisdom to use them wisely? We don't want to use them just for the benefit of Heathervale Baptist Church. We want them to, we want them to be used for, for your purposes um, in the ways that you want them to be used. And Lord, we, we pray for, for all of us here, Lord. Um, pray for the, the younger members of the congregation um, as they, they, they meet in their groups. Um, we just pray, Lord, that you will be with them too in the same way that you, you are with us here. You're not confined to any one room, any one place, any one nation. You are everywhere. And uh, we all need your teaching. And so I pray for, for the, the, the groups, Lord, that they will hear from you this morning too. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. Um, so are the groups going out? Or? So as I've already said, we're told to ask for wisdom if we feel we're lacking it, but we're also told to ask for all sorts of other things. And so uh, this is a time now when we can bring our, our requests, our petitions to, to God. There are so many people, so many situations who need God to, to be active in them. Um, and so I'm inviting you now as the spirit leads to, to bring prayers to God. to you this morning and father we just pray that you would work a miracle of your healing hand within her body lord please draw close to her she has a strong faith please be with the family too i pray that uh, you will comfort them lord all those treating 
uh, I pray that you would equip them with wisdom and choices that will be of good to bring healing for Julie. We lift them all to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Bring peace to that part of the world, Lord. You, you know what needs to be done. It's in your will, Lord, not ours. Bless your name. Well, God, I'm sure we can think of so many situations where your love and your mercy and your grace and your wisdom and your healing power are, are needed. Whether it's in individuals that we know, whether it's in um, different situations, whether it's in national, international situations, Lord. They are so badly needed. They're needed in Ukraine. They're needed in this country when we think of uh, the decisions that have to be made in the, the next few weeks about our next prime minister they're needed where there are scarce resources that that need to be to be used wisely they're needed in those who are, are really struggling financially they're needed in other areas of the world, Lord, where there are famines and fires and, and wars. And we ask, Lord, that you would pour out your love, your mercy, your grace, your wisdom, your power into these situations. That the outcomes may be what you want and not what people want, Lord. May you be sovereign. May you heal, may you bring peace, may you bring comfort. In Jesus' name we ask, amen. Well, the passage that we're going to um, hear from is in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 6 to 16. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we speak of God's secret wisdom, a wisdom that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, 
As it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the spirit, expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. The man without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual man makes judgments about all things, but he himself is not subject to any man's judgment. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Lord God, we thank you for those powerful words. We thank you for the, the preparation that you have already guided Tony in um, this week. And Lord, we want to hear from you this morning. We say this week by week, it would be so easy just to, to listen and then walk out the door and be overwhelmed by, by other things. Lord, don't let that, has ha that happen this morning. May we hear from you as, as Tony comes and shares with us this morning. Amen. Good morning. Uh, can I ask you to uh, include Martin and family in your prayers this week because they've gone off on holiday, um, that God will refresh them all, but um, speak revelation to Martin of, uh, uh, when he comes back of uh, a sort of new session for, for us, um, that God will bless them and um, they will know God's rest and recuperation. Well, we continue looking at the person and work of the Holy Spirit and uh, today wisdom through the spirit now i don't know whether you're like me um, but sometimes in life um, i can go uh, and do something but i do it in the wrong way that i wonder why it didn't work when i did it you know i did put my all into it but it didn't work see good intentions and the things that we plan are all about our own experience and our own knowledge and so we go into something based on that, that maybe what happened here will be good for what happens here. And often that doesn't work. And so if we go into a situation where perhaps we, we're not sure what's going on and what, what, what will happen, we can turn to people and we can ask them for their experience. Uh, I had this yesterday um, with uh, my neighbor, not Derek, the other one, Susan. Um, she was going to St. Peter's Hospital this week and so she asked me about the parking. And out of my knowledge, I've been there so often in the last uh, few months with Val, I was able to tell her that, um, you know, as you go into the hospital, turn left at the first roundabout, that's the cheapest car park, £1.30 an hour. If you park in the main car park, it's gonna cost you a lot more. Uh, and we went through all of that. Uh, and then she said, oh, what happens if it's Ashford? I said, that's easy, just park in Tesco. It's three hours you're allowed in Tesco, so just pop in there. Um, you can always buy something in Tesco's to justify why you park there. Um, and so you go into it now armed with more information. She will go this week armed with some information. Now, it will give her a lot of confidence uh, until the car park is closed and then there's a problem, isn't it? Uh, or Tesco suddenly put up a sign, customers only or, or whatever. Uh, so it doesn't always work out that way. In my job uh, in British Airways in, um, in the commercial department, um, I visited a number of countries. And I'm sure like you, if you visit another country, you get on good old Google, don't you? And you put in the country and you find out all about it. The language, the people, temperatures, and those sorts of things. Now, one of the countries I visited the most was the Seychelles. 
Now, it sounds glamorous, doesn't it? But if you've ever been to a honeymoon place where you're Billy No-Mates, it's no fun. You are the only one at dinner sitting on your own. The rest of them are Google-eyed across the table and, and in the lounge in the evening, they're all lovey-dovey and you're Billy No-Mates. It doesn't tell you that in the um, thing. It tells you all about the honeymoons and so on. But I looked it up and so I knew about the people. I knew about the language. I knew about the temperature. And I also looked up about all the bugs and snakes and everything else. Uh, and I was very happy to, to, to read that they speak English. Creole is the main language, then French, then English. So they speak English. That's good. And all the creepy crawlies, the only thing that will hurt you in the Seychelles is a scorpion. There are no poisonous snakes, no poisonous spiders. Love, ideal place, isn't it? Lovely. So I go with a sense of confidence uh, that everything is going to be all right. And it was. When I first went there, it was lovely. The people were lovely. They all spoke in English to me. And it was great. So I got it made, I thought. Then problem. Because <laughs> I had to go one time and ask for a 25% price increase on the contract for maintaining the Seychelles fleet. Which was okay, because I went there and um, just spoke to the CEO and chairman, same guy, had two roles, and uh, told him what I'd come for. And he said, oh, that's okay. You go to lunch with the engineering director and then come back after lunch and we'll discuss it. So this is nice, I went to lunch with him. I came back and showed into the boardroom and then my heart sank. Because <laughs> in the boardroom was the chairman, the CEO, the finance director and all his finance team, the engineering director and the maintenance manager and me. 25% price increase, one against about 14 or 15 people. This is not fair, is it? So I gave my pitch and the reasons why I needed this 25% price increase. The problem was, after I had spoken, they spoke in Creole. I did not understand a word that they were saying. Not a word. And I felt so out of my depth. Normally, if you hear people speaking in English, you've got some idea what they're saying. They could have been saying all sorts of things, you know, we'll feed him to the sharks or, you know, all sorts of things. Totally out of my depth. The CEO would then ask me a few questions and then they go back and speak in Creole. Um, all my research could never have uh, led me to experience what I experienced there. Just to show I am not, don't always get what I want. Um, I ended up with a 20% price increase and not 25. Which sounds like, it sounds a lot of money, doesn't it? But when you say this is a multi-million pound contract, 20% was a lot of money for a little island uh, or a group of islands uh, in the Indian Ocean. But it can be the same for us. And Paul is writing to the church at Corinth which were in this situation. They were looking for spiritual wisdom in a worldly way. And the two things don't go together. Uh, it's just not the same. Earthly wisdom is miles apart from God's wisdom. When it comes to spiritual things, we need an interpreter, don't we? We need the Holy Spirit. All of us, whether or not we think we, we, we know God or we don't know God, we need someone to show us the mind of God, show us the thoughts of God. So there is a desire to know God and get closer to him. And we can get closer to him in lots of different ways. We can read his word because that will tell us about God. We can go to a home group where we can discuss it. We can do a Bible study. We can attend church. We can listen to the sermons. We can do all sorts of things to try and understand God. But all we're doing is scratching the surface, a very small part of trying to understand God and his wisdom. And just like I was out of my depth when they started speaking Creole, we'll be out of our depths in trying to understand God 
by doing it in our own strength. So this was what was happening in Corinth. They're seeking wisdom, but doing it in the wrong way. As I've said, worldly wisdom and God's wisdom are poles apart. They're just nowhere near the same. It's like a foreign language to those who don't understand. And we've got no chance to understand unless we have a guide or an interpreter to help us. And that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. See, it would have been handy to have Noel with me in the Seychelles, because Mauritius speak the same Creole as they do in the Seychelles. So he'd have been a good interpreter to whisper in my ear that they're going to feed me to the sharks later. Um, at least then I'd have known. No. So do you need this interpreter? And so three things uh, from this passage. Uh, firstly, the mystery of God's wisdom. God's wisdom revealed through the Spirit, and the Spirit teaches us to speak God's wisdom. So firstly, the mystery of God's wisdom. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 7. No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. So when Paul first went to Corinth, he presented the gospel as simply as he could. He did it in words they would understand so that their faith will be based on God's power and not human wisdom. He could speak, but the spirit would take what he spoke and take it to directly to their hearts. And Paul describes human wisdom with all its limitations as totally incomplete in understanding the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Paul knew that the wisdom of men is futile in the sight of God and that the wisdom of God is foolishness to the unsaved. If we think about it, man's greatest wisdom is God's smallest wisdom. God is so much bigger and wants so much more for us. And Paul, in this passage that we've read, uh, describes the wisdom of God as secret and hidden. God decreed this wisdom before time began. And this wisdom will be for his glory to those who believe. It's about having a relationship with Jesus Christ. So God's wisdom is secret and hidden. It cannot and will not be obtained by merely looking for it. Google can only go so far, and other search engines are available, I know, uh, but it can only go so far in trying to tell us all about God. It won't help us to really understand God. For that, we need the Holy Spirit. And all the evidence can point towards God, but unless we have a relationship with him, we will never, ever understand him or his thoughts and his ways. So just like me in the Seychelles, all the research I did counted for nothing when they started speaking in Creole. I was out of my depth. I didn't understand a word that was being said. And God's wisdom is above and beyond what us as humans can really understand in our natural state without the Holy Spirit living within us. Unless God reveals his wisdom to us, we will never, ever be aware of it. But God's spirit makes it possible for us to understand and believe spiritual things. Only those with God's spirit can understand the truth about God and what he wants for each one of us. I've gone too far now. <laughs> Secondly, God's wisdom revealed through the Spirit. At the heart of this hidden wisdom is the gospel itself. So what is this mystery? It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And God put his plan in place before the beginning of time. And Paul writes in Ephesians 1 verses 4 to 6, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for the adoption to sonship 
through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. This mystery is the gospel. This mystery is that God, when he create, made creation, knew that we would let him down. He knew he would have to send his son to die on a Roman cross. He knew he would raise him again on the third day so that we might have life eternal. And in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 11, for who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? Only the spirit knows the depth of God's wisdom. And Paul is saying that in these words in 2 Corinthians 11, uh, 2 verse 11. So do any of us know the thoughts of anyone else apart from our own? Now I know there are people who would say they are mediums, they are, uh, have all these skills and so on that can uh, read your mind. Only God, only the Spirit of God knows God's thoughts and his. No matter how well you think you know me and how well I think I know you, you cannot tell what I'm thinking. Now I could guess that you're thinking it's really hot in here and I hope he doesn't go on too long because <laughs> I really like to get out of here. Now that may or may not be true. And you might be thinking, what is he thinking? I know it's hot, but I'm gonna keep you here as long as I can. So we're in a lose-lose at the moment, aren't we? But uh, I can never know, and you can never know what I'm thinking. But only the Spirit knows what God is thinking. And he can impart that to us. God knows his own thoughts. And we must have the Spirit of God living within us because it's impossible to understand God's wisdom without the power of the Holy Spirit. Revelation is required and the agent who brings that revelation is the Holy Spirit. In the verse in Ephesians 1, 1 it said, he loved, he predestined us for the adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ. God's plan before the beginning of time was to provide a way back to him through the sacrifice and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is his plan, and it's been his plan for mankind across all generations and will continue until Jesus comes again. And central to the message of Jesus is the declaration that he willingly came to earth to fulfill God's plan for mankind. His mission didn't start when he was born. His mission was predestined before creation. And I know I've, I've said it before, but it's, I, I've struggled to get my head around it because before creation, God knew we would let him down. And he knew he'd have to send his son. He knew he would have to die and be resurrected on the third day. And yet God still went ahead and did it. That's the wisdom that is difficult to understand. Even as a Christian, it's difficult to understand that God should do all that for me. And I just stand amazed. I stand, as the song said, in awe of him. And stand in awe of him. So Paul is pre pre preaching redemption through Jesus Christ. Here is God in the flesh. But they did not understand it when he came and they crucified him. Now he had to die so God was using man to do what he needed him to do. But the good news is that God raised him from the dead. All part of God's plan for you and for me. I, I, I just thank God sometimes for, for some beautiful words that are put into song. And uh, I find them so encouraging uh, and so amazing. And one that we, we sang last week um and i'm forever singing it because because this one verse just keeps coming back and back and back to me uh written what a beautiful name by ben fielding and brooke ligatwood Liggett wood uh because one verse says this you didn't want heaven without us so jesus you brought heaven down my sin was great your love was greater 
What can separate us now? What amazing words. You didn't want heaven without us. Me, with all my failings, you don't want heaven without me. All you, with all your failings, God wants heaven with you. What an amazing God we have. That he'll go to those lengths because he wants us. Just blows my mind sometimes when I, when I even try and think about it. Thirdly, the Spirit teaches us to speak God's wisdom. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 13 says this. This is what we speak. Not in words taught to us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit. Explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. I often get tongue-tied in sort of situations where I'm uncomfortable. You know, I was uncomfortable in this boardroom and trying to pitch um, the 25% was easy because I'd rehearsed it, but the questions and the answers that kept coming. It was difficult. It was hard. And um, it's handy to have another person there because you can kick them under the table and say, you speak while I think. Um, it, <laughs> when you're on your own, you don't get that time. So, so I end up getting a bit tongue-tied. Do I say the right things or didn't I say the right things? But when we're asked a spiritual question, why do you believe in Jesus Christ? It's a bit straight, isn't it? And, and trying to get the words out. That's why we should practice our story of uh, how we became a Christian and what, what Christ means to us. So sometimes... We don't know the answer to a spiritual question that has been given to us. And I'm sure we've all been there, that we hope we say the right things. But I have a confidence in the word of God. I have a confidence because when I get into those situations, my mind goes back to Pentecost. They were all in that room and the Holy Spirit came upon each one of them. And they left that room and they started spreading the good news. They started to preach the gospel. And what happened? Everyone that was there heard it in their own language. The multinational people that were in that place heard it in their own language. It wasn't that these people speaking knew every language under the sun. They were speaking in their native tongue. The spirit took what was being said and put it into their hearts and mind in a language they would understand. That's amazing. Our God can do that. So we just need to open our mouths and say something. Because I have a confidence that the Spirit will take what I say, all my jumbled up, tongue-tied words, and turn it into right words that people need to hear when I speak about the gospel that they will get what they need to hear. The Spirit takes it and uses it. But we just have to have the confidence to open our mouth and speak. But it is that quick arrow prayer. You know, I've been asked a question, not sure the answer. Please, Holy Spirit, give me the answer to this question. And I've found myself in those situations quite often. Uh, maybe you have too. But one that um, keeps coming back to my mind was a few years ago, uh, I was speaking at another church, and after the service, do exactly what you normally do, is go and stand at the door, and uh, people come past you, and they say nice things to you, because they wouldn't say anything else, would they? They might be thinking something else, but they would say nice things as you went. And I was standing by um, the door, but they, they had a coffee lounge, so most people went through to coffee, so I stood at the door to the coffee lounge. And uh, people were passing me and shaking my hand and saying nice things, one gentleman was coming uh, and he was a bit sheepish and I thought, he wants to sell me something. He wants to ask me something. So I've now got the sermon going through my head again. Right, okay, I'm ready for, ready for this question. And um, he, he, I think he was, shall I or shan't I ask him? Because he was sort of holding back a bit and then he would sort of come a bit nearer. Uh, and in the end, he um, decided to ask me the question. And nothing could have prepared me for the question that he asked, because it was nothing about the sermon, nothing at all. His question to me was simple. He said, uh, what do you think about replacement theology? How many have heard of replacement theology? 
three, three. So I'm not on my own, am I? <laughs> I've got to come up with an answer. So after my heart missed several beats, um, the quick arrow prayer uh, helped me because I don't know. I have no idea what he's talking about. Replacement theology. So if I don't know anything about it, I don't know how to answer him. So the quick prayer. And what came into my mind was Jesus. When he was confronted with a question, normally by the Pharisees who were trying to catch him out, he asked them a question. So I thought, that's good. I've asked a question. Now I'm going to ask a question. So I said, what do you think about replacement theology? <laughs> and um, he was quick to give me the answer. Now, now he said that replacement theology was that the Old Testament and the covenants within the Old Testament have been replaced by the New Testament and the new covenant in Jesus Christ. Whew. Easy now, because I don't believe that for one minute. But what came into my mind was Timothy. All scripture is God-breathed. Doesn't say the New Testament is good for teaching, rebuking, training, etc., etc. It says all scripture. So I was able to say to him, no, I don't believe it. Because Timothy writes in the New Testament that all scripture. And if all scripture, it means the Old Testament and the New Testament. So no, I do not believe in replacement theology. So that was okay. He sort of accepted that and uh, we moved on. But when I got home, <laughs> as you do, Google, replacement theology, and uh, what it said, uh, reduced to its simplest form, not what he said, well, I guess it's sort of what he said, teaches that the church, the church of today, has replaced Israel in God's plan. The good news is, I don't believe that either. Because <laughs> God has a special place for his people. And you can read in the New Testament, God's plan for Israel. So I don't believe that either. So I do not believe in replacement theology. And if you want to discuss it afterwards, that's the limit of my knowledge. I do not believe it. But you see, this is how the spirit works within us. Giving us the words to say. Or the questions to ask in order to answer the question. So I have a confidence that I just have to open my mouth and the spirit will take what I'm thinking, maybe, um, but turn it into what God wants the person to hear. And when it comes to faith, that's what will happen. If someone asks us about our faith, all jumbled up words, God will take and they will hear what God wants them to hear. And that is amazing. To finish, because it then jumped into my mind and it was the church's values. Because of this wisdom, through the Spirit of God. If we have all these, we've got the wisdom of God, haven't we? First of all, Spirit-filled. The Spirit knows the thoughts of God. The Spirit lives within us. Therefore, we know God's wisdom. Bible-saturated, all Scripture, <laughs> good old Timothy, because uh, it came into my mind. We need to be Bible-saturated in order for the Spirit to work through us. Sharing Jesus, when we impart the gospel to those that ask us, we're sharing Jesus and finally loving God and others. If we have those four values uh, and we have them as a fellowship, if we have that as individuals as well, that I'm going to be Spirit-filled all the time. I'm going to be Bible-saturated as much as I can. I'm going to share Jesus at every opportunity, and I'm going to love God, and I'm going to love others. If we do that, what an amazing world we can change. God is the God of the, the possible, not the impossible. So with these as our values, the mystery of God's wisdom is revealed to us and in us, and we can then give it out into the world. Let's pray. 
Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you have equipped us with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit living within us interprets the words that we read and the words that we speak that will honour our almighty God. And we thank you for those times where we have needed the help of the Spirit. And you've promised never to leave us nor forsake us. And so it is with a confidence we can send up those arrows prayers to help us in this situation. And Father, we thank you that your desire was to have a relationship with each one of us. That you didn't want heaven without us. So we thank you that you drew salvation's plan before creation and you fulfilled it in Jesus Christ. So we thank you for all that we have in him and through the Spirit. And will you use us this week to bless other people that we come into contact with, to ask us those, perhaps those awkward questions. Give us the words to say that others will see the wisdom of our God. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Thank you, Tony. I'm glad to be able to say that I think Tony must have made at least one friend in the Seychelles when he was there, because um, you did go to a wedding there, didn't you? But Tony's the only person I know of who got on a plane, flew to the Seychelles, went to the wedding, got back on the plane and straight back home again without even staying overnight. So, <laughs> so he had at least one friend then. <laughs> um, well, certainly the, there was one song that just came into my mind immediately um, when I saw the title and uh, knew what Tony was speaking about, and that's about the perfect wisdom of our God. And so we're, we're going to close with that now. <coughs> perfect wisdom of our God revealed in all the universe. All things created by his hand and held together at his command. He knows the mysteries of the seas, the secrets of the
day by day, in whatever situations we, we may find ourselves, we'll recognize that our wisdom is not enough, that we will turn to you and that we will ask for your wisdom, believing that you will give it to us. And then, Lord, that uh, we, will, we will go out and, and apply it, Lord. Help, help us through your spirit to have the wisdom to, to know what to say to people, when to say something, when to stay, stay silent, when to um, just demonstrate your love through action. It's all part of receiving your wisdom. Lord God, I just pray that you will pour out your wisdom into each one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. And if this is something that you would like to receive prayer for, maybe you've got a situation coming up shortly that requires God's wisdom, do please stay in the sanctuary and a member of the prayer team will come and pray with you. And uh, if everyone else can, can uh, move into the lounge and join us for tea and coffee, that, that would be great. So thank you.